0: Hello everyone and welcome back to the fire pit. It's been a minute. It's been a little bit. For those of you that missed us, hopefully you realized we hadn't recorded a new episode. Evan was out on quarantine. And when he was out and our children's ministry staff were all out and I was the only one left on the family ministries team. uh, There just was never enough time to try and record a podcast. So sorry, everybody. But we're back. We're back. Evan is back. We're excited. Our children's ministry team is also back, which is great. And we are going to jump ahead. Sorry for the lessons that you've missed, but we've continued to teach lessons. So we're actually going to pick up with where we are right now, as opposed to the lessons that we missed. So if you would like to learn more about the ending of our series, True Story... Feel free to reach out to us. We will gladly talk to you, send you some information. But then we also, you would have also missed the first week of our series, Cancelled. And Cancelled is all about the people that we choose to cancel, to ignore, to think of as less than worthy just because there is something about them that is different. And so our big idea for this week is that We are supposed to love those who are in need, which I think should be a given.
1: It should be. And the Bible pretty much tells us
0: throughout the whole thing, love
1: the people who are in need over and over again.
0: Yeah. We're told to do that. It's maybe one of the most said things in the entire Bible.
1: Yeah, it, it probably is. And it's cool how it's not just a New Testament, like Jesus said this thing. It's like... Old Testament, New Testament, all over the place.
0: Yeah. Yep. And there's a lot of people who are in need that maybe we do not have the ability to help on our own. Mm. There are certain things and tasks that are beyond my ability to help someone with. You ask me to try and do something mechanical, fix a problem with a car. I'm going to tell you I can't do that. Take it to...
1: A mechanic. Yeah,
0: let me help you find someone that is skilled in those areas, because I am not. Mm-hmm. I know you all can't see me. I have teeny tiny dainty hands that were not meant for manual labor. <laughs> um, thank you for the laughter there, Evan. And I just like the way you touched all of your fingertips as you're talking. My with my dainty hands. Yeah. Um, but there are things that I might not be able to help someone with, but I can direct them to someone who is able to. Mm. But one of the things that I am really good at helping people with is technology in some ways. However, there are some people that they don't they don't get technology. Oh, yeah.
1: And I hate to say this, but it kind of feels like a little bit of a generational gap. Yeah. Where people like me, you, and anyone younger than us, we've grown up with technology. We pretty much have it down pat by the time we're... You know, 8, 9, 10, 11. Right. But people who came before us, who maybe weren't there when the internet and when other technology um, things were around, they struggle a little bit. Just, just a little bit.
0: Just just to hear. Every, every single week, um, I get together with my family for lunch. So my parents, my siblings, my, my grandpa, and they call it, yes, we're enjoying meal together, but... They also call it Tech Sunday, Huh. but S-O-N-D-A-Y, because I am the Tech Sun. You're the Tech Sun, uh-huh. and you're there that day. Yep. <laughs> and so every Sunday, we eat together, we go, we have church, we do all those things, but then it morphs into a, okay, Caleb, here are all of our technology issues that have accumulated throughout the week. Please fix them. That's awesome. It, yeah. I mean, with my parents... It's pretty much a new problem every yeah. time. Like, I explain something to them. They're like, oh, got it. And then they're able to fix that again in the future. Yeah. Um, But with my grandpa, that's not the case. I, every single Sunday, I'm literally showing him how to do the exact same thing on his phone mm-hmm. over and over and over again drives me a little crazy it's uh, giving smartphones to
1: grandparents may not have been the greatest idea
0: yeah my grandpa also he has a facebook and he occasionally will post something without meaning to post something Mm. like he's just looking through his camera roll on his phone and then all of a sudden he posts a picture or a video i'm like hey grandpa did you did you mean to post this he goes i don't even know what posting it means (laughs)
1: Okay, we're gonna go ahead and fix that. We're, yeah,
0: we're gonna we're gonna try and figure all of that out. Yeah. And you know, here's the thing. I'm actually really happy to try and help my grandpa or my parents with technology issues. Definitely. Um, but it is easy to get frustrated, especially when it's the same issue over and over again. Mm-hmm. Or they don't just take the first step and turn everything off and turn it back on. Because that normally fixes at least something. Yeah, it gets, gets us back to
1: square one. My, my grandma just got a new smartphone as well. Okay. So I helped her kind of set up the internet and make sure that her contacts were all there and how to text. It, it wasn't an iPhone, so it required something a little extra. To kind of get everything going.
0: Wow, slight dig against us Android users there.
1: I actually really liked the way that it it okay. worked. Yeah, so it it wasn't meant to be a dig. Okay, but um, it did take like a little bit extra to set it up and oh, get it, it, it going for for her. So, um, but you know, it's cool that we can get like grandparents connected, but it's also like it, it can be a struggle sometimes,
0: right? And there are times when I just want to tell my grandpa, I'm like, just look it up on YouTube. Yeah. But then I'd have to explain what YouTube is and how to get there. Uh-huh. Um, so sometimes it's easier to just take the opportunity to help. And every day we face opportunities to help others in small ways, whether it is mm. showing a grandparent how to use emojis or helping a little kid tie their shoe or letting someone that you're eating lunch with know that they have gross food stuck in their teeth. Mm. Just there are always these small little things that we can do to help others who are in need, even if it's just a small thing. And, you know, every day we're surrounded by people who need help with things that may be a little bit more serious than figuring out how to post something to Facebook or getting food stuck for unstuck from their teeth. Yeah. And... There's a video clip of a... It's a project put on by UNICEF. Okay. And it's this little girl who's six years old. They have an actor who's playing her. And a child actor. And she is standing on the side of the road. They have it done first where she is dressed really nice. And she's alone. And while she's there lots of people stop and ask they're like hey are you okay where your family how can we help and they try and figure out how to help this girl but then they change how she looks they make her a little bit dirty they change the clothes she's wearing and no one stops to talk to her Hmm. even though she is still a little girl alone on the side of the road same situation but she just looks a little different right And no one stops to talk to her. In fact, they just kind of tell her to get out of the way. Wow. This small child. And I watched that video, and it broke my heart. But then I thought, okay, but how many times have I seen someone that was clearly in need, but I just kept walking by or didn't say anything or didn't do anything because it looked like a situation where it wouldn't be that easy, or it was someone that I might be uncomfortable with.
1: Yeah. It's th- those are tough, tough calls, because I think sometimes we can really feel uncomfortable with those kinds of people. But really, those are the people that were not just called to, to help, but God commands us to take care of people who are in need. And when we think about it, when we're in need, that's when people are at their most vulnerable. But they don't often receive the compassion or care that they need, simply often because of the way we perceive them and the way they they look. And that's, that's a horrible thing.
0: Right. Yeah. And I think it's hard for us to remember, though, that sometimes we are the ones who are able to help. But there are also times when we'll be the ones in need of help. Mm. And I would... Really hope that if I'm in need of help, but maybe I've been stranded and I haven't showered and I don't look the greatest, that someone would still help me. Yeah, I got lost on a hike once, emerged from the woods, um, completely just a mess. I'd slid down the side of a cliff for a little while, um, had branches in my clothing like my clothing was was torn Mm -hmm. in places and i emerged from the woods and i knew i probably did not look the best in unknown place looking like you just came out of the woods unknown place i was able to make my way back to my car it was about two miles to my car from where i ended up luckily i had a couple of friends with me who were also just looking as raggedy as i was Hmm. But no one even stopped or was like, hey, why are these disgusting looking people on the side of the road? Yeah. Um, And if I didn't have my friends with me, that could have been a really scary situation. Definitely. But I don't know if people would have stopped. And honestly, I don't know if I would have stopped if Mm -hmm. I saw a raggedy person emerge from the woods on the side of the road. Yeah. And so... It's good for us to remember that there are going to be times when we are the ones in need. And knowing that, wouldn't you like to live in a world where we all cared for each other when we're at our most vulnerable? Mm. And I believe that kind of world is possible, and it's something that Jesus is challenging us to go and create. Definitely. Which easier said than done
1: well i mean most of the things jesus said are easier said than done but i mean the things that jesus said are true and important and right as well right so you just do it one step at a time yep Uh, what does jesus actually say
0: about it because i'm kind of curious now well he says a few things there's a few different actually there's a lot of different stories a good chunk of jesus's ministry in the four gospels are stories of Jesus meeting the needs of the most vulnerable people. Mm-hmm. And there's one story that I always find so intriguing. It's the story of Bartimaeus. Ooh. I know. Fun I, love one. That, I love that name. Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus. Um, and basically, it's in Mark chapter 10, and Jesus and his disciples have been walking down the road, and there's a blind man named Bartimaeus He's the son of Timaeus. Son of Timaeus, because, you know, fun names. Mm -hmm. And he was just sitting beside the side of the road. Beside the side? I don't think that's how it says. Beside the road. You were close. Yeah, It's the morning. And when Bartimaeus heard that Jesus was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. That's really interesting.
1: Yeah. Because you think... If I was a blind man on the side of the road, I'd be yelling, Jesus, help me to see. Like, I'd be very specifically focused on my ability to see. But I think Bartimaeus sees a little, I mean, obviously he doesn't see at all, but he he experienced things a little differently and he recognizes, if I'm going to be able to see, it's because he's had mercy on me and he's shown me compassion and he's reached into my vulnerable
0: situation and shown me love right yeah which is a good way to think about that it's something i'd never thought about that till you just said it about how yeah if i mean like if i'm blind on the side of the road i'm going to be asking for sight not mercy and i think bartimaeus knew that really what he needed was mercy yeah even if that meant he didn't get his sight back maybe yeah but it's also crazy because there's a crowd of people around And Bartimaeus starts shouting this, and the crowd turns to him and said, Be quiet! Why are you talking? It's like,
1: okay. It's like that little girl. People not only aren't stopping for her, they're actually pushing her further away from society. Yeah.
0: which So, not the greatest story. They're showing literally anti-mercy to poor Bartimaeus. Anti-mercy. Anti-mercy. I feel like there's a word for that. There is, but I couldn't think of it, so anti-mercy the is what Opposite of up. mercy. Um, it's not judgment. It's almost... Uh, the word that comes to my mind is evilness, but I know that's not a real... Yeah. That's not the correct one. Subjugation. Ooh. Fun five... Not five point eight point word. I'm giving you nice. eight points for that word. Sweet. I'll make sure to tally that up on my board of points. There you go. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so they've kind of pushed her, pushed him away, just like people pushed that little girl away. Mm-hmm. But Jesus heard Bartimaeus anyway, and then he said to the crowd, tell him to come here. Don't you love that? It It's a little bit like, hey, Jesus, you know, this man's blind, right? You want him to move through a crowd to get to you.
1: I love that he calls the crowd out and says, hey, the guy that you are just pushing down,
0: go get him and bring him over here. Right. But the way the crowd reacts, I think, is a way that we all react pretty... pretty, (laughs) We react this way when we see something go on. They turn to Bartimaeus and they say, cheer up. Come on, he's calling you. You can almost hear the change in their voice,
1: just like you, you did when you read it. You can almost hear that... In the crowd. One moment
0: they're pushing him down, and the next moment they're like, hey, Jesus is calling you, woo! Right. It's kind of like just the act of someone showing a little compassion changed the way people around reacted to that situation. The power of love. There's a great song about that. The power
1: of love? That song, like the (laughs) ballad from the the 90s? Yeah. (laughs) Anyone see
0: Back to the Future 1? I have, yes. Yeah, that's what it's from. Anyway. (laughs) Um, But so Bartimaeus then threw aside his coat, jumped up and came to Jesus. And Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? I love it. Right. And Bartimaeus replied, my rabbi, the blind man said, I want to see. So a couple things. One, he has shown Jesus honor by calling him rabbi. Mm Mm-hmm he has referred to him as a teacher someone worthy of attention worthy of being listened to so he's shown him that honor but then he comes right out and says it i want to see Mm. and jesus tells him go your faith has healed you and instantly the man could see this is the kicker though and he followed jesus down the road Mm. jesus tells him go your faith has healed you And he didn't just go, he followed Jesus right away. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. And the crowd, though, they couldn't be bothered. Mm. To them, he was just another beggar, not worthy of their help, their time, their attention. But to Jesus, Bartimaeus was worthy of his time, his attention, and his help. Which I think is a really cool thing for us to see and for us to try and model with our lives definitely and i I like how it's in that moment
1: where jesus says call him like bring him to me that's the moment where he shows bartimaeus mercy yeah you know when when he's surrounded by people who are pushing him away or or trying to silence him that's that's the moment where Jesus says, "I will show you mercy. Come to me." Yeah. And then He asks him, "What does He want?" Yeah, and that's where Bartimaeus kind of brings it up. But I, I think it it starts with showing people mercy. That opens the door for wild and crazy acts of love and miracles to be worked out through us. And it's it's kind of it's kind of because the the end goal is not just that Jesus can heal a blind man, but that we can. Do amazing things
0: as well today. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And again, this is not just. This is not the only story. Oh no. Of Jesus, we're just getting started. Jesus showing compassion. Evan, I know you have your Bible with you. I do. Luke chapter eight, verses forty through forty-eight is another one of my favorite stories of Jesus showing compassion. And so, you you mind looking it it up for me? I would love to. Okay. So while Evan's looking that up, just a little context. Jesus um, basically is now continuing on his ministry. There are still crowds of people following him. He still has his disciples. And this story takes place when a man comes to Jesus and pleads for help. Do you have it, Evan? I do. Luke 8, verse 40. Verse 40.
1: So when Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. Just then, a man named Jairus came. He was a leader of the synagogue. He fell down at Jesus' feet and pleaded with him to come to his house, because he had only one daughter, about 12 years old, and she was dying. While he was going, the crowds were nearly crushing him. A woman suffering from bleeding for 12 years, who had spent all she had on doctors and yet could not be healed by any, approached from behind and touched the end of his robe. Instantly, her bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowds are hemming you in and pressing against you. Someone did touch me, said Jesus. I know that power has gone out from me. When the woman saw that she was discovered, she came trembling and fell down before him. In the presence of all the people, she declared the reason she had touched him and how she was instantly healed. Daughter, he said to her, your faith has saved you. Go in peace.
0: Such a cool story. Such
1: a great story. And honestly, there's another part to that where Jairus' story is finished. and Yeah. Just to kind of bring that to he he ends up raising this daughter from the dead, which is another amazing thing that Jesus did. But I like how in the midst of that story, there's this little tidbit about this, this woman who, again, is marginalized by society, and amazing things happen
0: when Jesus shows that group of people mercy. People in need. Yeah, and one of my favorite things about this story is it juxtaposes people together. Mm. We have Jairus, a wealthy leader of the religion, of the faith. And then this woman who has been suffering, who is an outcast, who is poor because she has tried to spend everything she had to find a cure. Mm -hmm. And it puts them into the same story, and Jesus gives them... The same treatment, as even though they are in two completely different worlds and classes. Yeah. And this woman, there's a couple things here that we don't really think about immediately when you read the story. She has been bleeding for twelve years. In the Jewish custom, she would have been considered unclean. Mm-hmm. So she would have had to have separated herself from society, from the crowd. She would have been an outcast. There was That was the law at the time. Literally not allowed to touch or be in the presence of other Jewish people. Right. So she, knowing who Jesus is and what he can do, she breaks that law, goes into the crowd of people. Like it said there are people, I think your version said hemmed, hemmed against in. you. Yeah. Like you are hemmed in. There are people everywhere pushing up against each other. And she, it's kind of like when you're at an amusement park and you're trying to get,
1: everyone's trying to get to the same wild ride. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, kind of like that.
0: And so she braves through the crowd and then reaches out to someone powerful and important and just touches the edge of his clothing. This woman, who had been rejected by society, probably felt rejected by God because of her suffering and pain, had so much faith still that she believed all she had to do was touch his clothing Mm. and she would be healed. And she was.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? Which also is probably one of the reasons that she does not come immediately forward when Jesus calls out. Yeah. Which is another... She probably thinks she's going to get in trouble because she just broke the law. Right. But it's another opportunity for Jesus to show everybody... That how they treat people is not the way they're supposed to be treating people. Mm. Because he calls out in the middle of a crowd, which means everyone is now focused. The attention is on him. Yeah, the crowd has stopped moving. Mm -hmm. I
1: can't imagine Jesus is still walking at this point. Right. He's stopped moving. He's turning around, looking for whoever touched him, calling out. And, and the crowd stopped, and they're all focused on Jesus. So when this woman finally does come out,
0: you know every single eye is on her. Mm-hmm. And then he tells her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. So great. So, couple things. He refers to her as daughter, which is a very endearing term. Mm-hmm. Obviously wasn't Jesus' daughter, but he is showing her the compassion and care of a family member yeah even though he has never met this woman before and then he commends her faith mm. in the middle of this crowd which was probably full of men and women women were not talked to in public yeah women were not supposed to talk to men without the consent of their family members in public just the societal system they were in mm-hmm. And so not only does Jesus talk to her, which was breaking a traditional norm, Mm -hmm. he also commends her faith, even though she is someone that was looked down upon by society. He's blown minds left and right with this one. Yeah. And then he just continues on his way to raise a girl from the dead like nothing's Yeah, like, this is just my everyday, guys. Right. But that is kind of the ministry of Jesus taking people who have been marginalized, hurt, sick, left out, and telling them and showing the world that they are just as worthy Mm. as anybody else. He leaves a poor, suffering woman who broke the law with the same gift that he gives to this rich 12-year-old child. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. And Jesus, I mean, there are are countless stories. We could talk about so many more. Mm -hmm. But Jesus does that. Jesus breaks those societal barriers. He helps those who are in need. He goes out of his way to reach out to people who were considered less than or marginalized by society.
1: Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the point that he's trying to make is when you follow me... What you're doing is showing mercy to people and helping out the vulnerable and the the hurting. And that's why I came. And he says, he even says that as well in different yeah. places. I came to help the hurting. Oh, definitely. And it's, you know, if we're going to follow
0: Jesus, that's also our calling. Right. And he explained, Jesus explains that very clearly. Yeah. Like right before his death, Jesus used the parable to talk about the kingdom of god and he used two different animals to really get the point across as to what he was talking about this is the parable of the sheeps and the goats and the sheeps and go- goats they're important but the natures of those animals is also important to the story
1: mm-hmm. and goats
0: I, I, oh well no i'm just saying I, I i don't know much about sheep and goats so oh gotcha please inform me Ken. okay well goats are pretty independent and stubborn creatures. Hmm. Even when they're members of a herd, they often will go out and explore or head out alone. They tend to be more concerned about themselves than they are about their goat friends. So even though they are with their family, they are with their herd, they still go and do their own thing. Yeah. Sheep, on the other hand, are all about their herd. They stick together at all times like because sheep are considered a very vulnerable creature yeah like you look at all of the animals that you can think of most of them have some form of defense mechanism sheep have a nice cloudy exterior yeah sheep are fluffy yeah that's about it they don't have claws they don't have gnashing teeth Mm -hmm. they also don't run that fast but sheep they stick together at all times occasionally we hear the parables of a sheep wandering off on its own and the shepherd goes to find that lost sheep because it is so vulnerable on its own so keep all of those things in mind about sheep and goats as we kind of talk about this parable from jesus and it's in matthew chapter 25 it's the end of matthew 25 and basically jesus is saying hey When the son of man comes back, he's going to sit on this massive throne. Everyone will be gathered in front of him and he will separate the people kind of like a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats and he will place the sheep at his right hand side and the goats at his left. So he is making a very clear distinction here between two groups of people. Mm -hmm. Like it is like he has taken the time to separate the people on different sides so there is no doubt where people stand. Mm-hmm. And then he will say to those that are on his right, the sheep, come you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. That's Matthew 25 verse 34. Yep. And he basically goes on to say, I was hungry and you fed me, I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink, I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked, you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. I I love all of those things.
1: Like I love that he he starts with hungry, right? Our basic needs. Yeah. We're hungry, you're thirsty and you fed me and you gave me something to drink. And then he he really almost goes deeper than that because yep. it's not just about supplying the needs for people physically, it's about supplying their mental and emotional and spiritual needs as well. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you took care of me. And this one's interesting. I was in prison and you visited me. There is not a single person who is not worthy enough for the love of God. And I think sometimes we can think about people in prison, you know, they've made decisions in their life that has literally caused them to be outside of our society, but they are still worthy of God's love and we're called to show god's love to everyone
0: yeah and the people though they still didn't get it no they didn't because at this point they're like hey hey god or like jesus uh when when did we see you hungry and give you food or when did we see you thirsty or naked or a stranger or imprisoned or sick we don't remember doing that yeah and god replies to them i tell you the truth when you did it for anyone you were doing it for me. Yeah. Whew.
1: That, that 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 that'll challenge you. Yeah. makes you think about people differently.
0: Right. Very much so. And so they all these sheep are on his right. These people that are coined sheep, they're on their right. But remember, sheep stick together. Mm-hmm. The ones that he has deemed as sheep are the ones that stuck with the herd. No matter if someone in the herd was old, whether they were dirty, whether they were injured, no matter what was going on, the sheep stuck together. They took care of one another. Then Jesus turns to the people on his left. Yep. The goats. The goats, And we're not talking like greatest of all time like goat is commonly yeah, referred mm-hmm. to now. We are talking about these people. They've They've just heard Jesus say these things to the sheep. Mm-hmm. Like they're In this illustration, this parable, they are not far from each other. Like, we are on the right, we are on the left, Jesus is in the center, there's not, there's not much space. So they've just heard Jesus' explanation, and he says to them, to the goats, away with you, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. For I was hungry and you didn't feed me, I was thirsty and you didn't give me a drink. I was a stranger and you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked and you didn't give me clothing. I was sick and in prison and you didn't visit me. And even though they just heard Jesus' explanation as to the sheep, as to why they did these things, Hmm. they reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and not help you? I know this is a parable and everything, but you can imagine
1: Jesus in the middle has, like, is probably thinking to himself, I literally just told the sheep,
0: and the goats still don't get it. Right. Stubborn, hard-headed, yeah. independent. And Jesus answered them, I tell you the truth, when you refused to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were refusing to help me. Mm. Now, there's a couple things. One, shows the importance of what Jesus thinks about how we need to be treating other people. Yeah. Very much so. But it also shows how serious he is about this. He told them, away with you, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. Hmm. Like, he is flat out telling them, when you do not help other people, I am putting you on the same level as demons. Yeah, Like, that's how unworthy... You are. It's a very harsh reality. Yeah. But it very clearly... Jesus
1: definitely doesn't pull any punches here.
0: Oh, no. Oh, no. And these goats were the ones who didn't care for people in need. And that may be because they were too busy thinking about themselves. Or they just didn't want to. Yeah. And the sheep were the ones who saw someone in need and ran to help. And maybe that's because they saw themselves as part of a herd and were concerned for everyone else nearby. Sheep are the kind of people who keep their eyes open for the needs of others and ask, how can I help? Mm. Jesus very clearly states it here that you are called to love people who are in need
1: and i love how he really takes it to the next level yeah right cuz some people can can maybe do it for the way it makes them feel some people can do it uh, like helping others so that um other people will look at them good but it's really in that in that story the sheep help each other out because they they understand that they're all part of the herd yeah right and it's it's the same idea we don't help each other to gain you know, fame or fortune or to have other people look at us. We don't help other people so that we can feel good about ourselves. We help other people because they need help. Right.
0: And we're called to show love to people who are in need. Yeah. Jesus lays it out pretty clearly. Pretty clearly. But you know what? These words were written almost 2,000 years ago and yet we still are failing at it. Oh yeah. Every day. I know I fail at it. Mm. Like, I've studied these words. I know what they say. I know the importance Jesus puts on it. And I still do not always help people like I need to. Yeah. And I think that we can do a few things that can help us get into the right mindset to continue to help people at any opportunity. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to remember... It's not only about our actions, it's about our hearts. And you were saying that a little bit. Jesus doesn't just challenge us to only act concerned about other people or to put a show on for meeting people's needs. Yeah. They, Jesus is commending these people for what they did for others when they didn't know anyone had noticed. Jesus doesn't only care about what we do, he cares about what's happening inside our hearts and our minds too. Yeah. I don't know who said it. I can't remember. But
1: at one point, I heard kind of the idea that Jesus cares more about who you are than what you do. Hmm. But who you are affects, affects what him. you do. And it's it's so important that we understand that, yeah, Jesus calls us to share compassion, but not just share it in a in a puppet kind of way. We're sharing love and compassion, because that's the kind of people that we are. We yeah, are loving and compassionate. And we We are people who help each other out and who care for those people in need. If you are that person, you will do those things.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I like that saying. I don't know who said it, but I'm going to have to look it up. Yeah. and I don't know who did either. It's probably a C.S. Lewis quote. He does say a lot of things. He does. (laughs) But yeah, so it's not only about our actions, it's about our hearts. And it's not only about loving others. It's about loving God. (laughs) This is very clear in the parable we just read. Right. like Jesus challenges us to love others well, yes, but he's letting us in on a secret, and that's when we love others by meeting their needs, we are showing love for Jesus. Hmm. Jesus equates himself in this parable to other people. When we show other people love, it is like we are showing Jesus love. And every time we care for someone who is vulnerable— It's a gift of love and worship to God. That will
1: really change your mindset on what it means to really help people. Because, yeah, you're not just helping someone. You're helping Christ. You're helping Jesus. And you're showing the love of God and you're worshiping God in your actions. It it really changes the way you think about service and helping others
0: in need. Right. And so many times we think of worship as singing in church. Mm -hmm. But worship... Can be something as simple as showing love to others and meeting their needs. That is a way that we worship God, mm-hmm. which is so cool, super cool. There's that saying: worship isn't a service;
1: worship is a lifestyle, mm-hmm. right? It really is just showing, showing, trying to show God the love and a piece of the love and compassion that He's poured out on us, and we're just trying to give it back. Yep, that's really what worship is.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is. I think that requires a mind shift set. Mindset shift. Mindset shift. You got, ah, you're going to get the words in the right order eventually. Almost. Um, but it's also not about what we have. It's about what we can give. Mm. And I know I've thought this, and maybe everyone else has thought this as well. I can't help anyone. I don't have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Or my family doesn't have a lot of money to give. But Jesus wasn't talking to only wealthy or important people in these passages. He was talking to ordinary people like us. Like no matter what we have, whether it's time, compassion, money, friendship, skills, Jesus says we can use it for God's purposes and his kingdom. Especially when we give sacrificially, passionately, and willingly.
1: Hmm. I think the hard part is trying to come up with ways to help people when because some we've we've kind of gotten in this mindset well if we have money we can help people mm-hmm. but god isn't talking to people who has who have money in this story right these are most of the time these are kind of poor jewish people his disciples other than maybe matthew and a few others were really the bottom rung of society yeah. so it's not like he's talking to very rich people in these stories they had to find other ways to help each other out. So, yeah. I, you know, I'm thinking for today, maybe it's as simple as maybe you're good at math and you know someone who struggles through math. Maybe you can help tutor or help explain them, maybe sit with them during lunch and walk them through some of those things. That's yeah. That kind of thing is just a simple act of compassion and love for another human being.
0: Yeah. And sometimes it's not even, even sharing a skill or a talent with them like math, which math is important um i bring up math because you know yeah because you're great at math i love math but sometimes it's just that act of being a friend yeah like i don't need to impart anything on you i don't need to teach you anything i'm just going to be here for you Mm -hmm. like i'm going to be a friend for you which can make a huge difference yeah
1: especially for people who may not have many if any friends yeah that human interaction is so important Mm -hmm. definitely
0: and then final thing final thing it is not about them it's about us Mm -hmm. sometimes when we talk about meeting others needs we talk as though we're the people with all the power with all the resources or the stuff to share while people in need are a separate group of people And when we think that way, it's really easy to see someone as if they are less valuable than we are, even while we are serving them. But Jesus, the way he spoke to people, the way he spoke to the blind man and the sick woman and everyone who needed his help, he treated them not only with compassion, but with respect. Like he made the crowds pay attention to them. And instead of speaking for them, he asked them to speak for themselves. Hmm. Like Jesus didn't just give people charity. He gave people respect, and we can do that too, especially when we remember that it's not about us and the people who need us. There is only all of us, yeah, and we are all equally loved and seen and valued by God.
1: Yeah, we're we're
0: all human beings, Mm -hmm. and we all require the love of God at the same level. Yeah, and you know, sometimes that's something we can do in our individual life, in our walk with God. But it's also times in ways that we need to rally together because there are people or people groups that are being told by society in the world that they are not as valuable. Mm. Whether that's here in the U.S. or around the world. Unfortunately, that's something that we face every day yeah. is that people are diminished or given less respect because of who they are. Yeah. Oh, there we go. I,
1: I really like it talking about this kind of stuff, because mm-hmm. it really... Jesus came not just to show us how to live, but to show us who to be. Yeah. And his whole ministry and everything that he did wasn't just to show miracles. It was to explain to people, listen, I want to shift the way you think about things. And I want to change yeah. the way you view others. Yeah. And yourself. Yep. And, and it's it, it really goes to show that whenever you know whenever we begin to think about other people as less worthy or other thing we we lose track of what Jesus is saying yeah um showing love to people who are in need is really just being a part of the family of human beings yeah that that's kind of an interesting way to think
0: about it it is i like it okay well everybody Thanks for joining us again at The Fire Pit. If you have any questions, comments, uh, concerns for the fact that I can't speak words, apparently. Yeah, it's the morning. Yeah. Uh, please reach out to us at thefirepit at aldersgatechurch.com. We would love to hear from you. And we look forward to seeing you again next week, as long as neither of us are in quarantine. Oh, it's going to happen. Well, not quarantine. It's Quarantine's not going to happen. You will definitely get a, a podcast
1: from us next week.
0: Okay, you heard it here. Bye, everybody. Remember, you are valuable, you are loved, you are worthy, and we are all part of God's family. Adios. See ya.